Hey, welcome to another episode of Kings and Priests. I'm Michael, and I'm here with the one and only Dean Sweetman. And um, doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good. Just post Thanksgiving had a few days of R and R. There you go. Good. Did you play some plenty golf? golf. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I How'd did. you do? I did good. Yeah, I I got money both both games. So that okay. Was good. There you go. There you go. But, I, I played a couple times. Didn't do so good. But, uh, you know, it's fun. I have plenty of times when I don't do it. <laughs> um, That's bold. Well, I'm excited. We're, we're going to talk today about um, just a couple different topics. And then I'm excited for just the next few months on the podcast. We're going to yeah. basically go back and forth from you and I talking to us interviewing some people, you interviewing some people, me interviewing some people, um, mm-hmm. and then just, just kind of learning and helping yeah. people um, just think better about what it takes to build a business, why we do it. Um, and really what, what the purpose, the kingdom purpose is behind doing it. So I'm excited. So if you're listening and maybe you're listening for the first time, do us a huge favor, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, anywhere you listen to your podcast, because we're going to, uh, just continue putting this out every week. Um, and really excited about the journey we're going to go on. So, um, well, let's jump into this, shall we? Let's talk first about this Wall Street Journal article that came out yesterday. When I say yesterday, it uh, today's November 30th. So this was November 29th. And basically the headline was essentially workers are quitting their jobs in droves to become their own bosses. Um, obviously mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, I'm sorry, a few months ago, I think there was the report that like over 5 million people had quit their job in a single month. So yeah. it seems like that the last year and a half has really just opened people's eyes. People are quitting jobs. People are starting businesses. Uh, kind what of at a record pace. I, I think there's a few factors behind mm-hmm. this. What do you? What do you think? There's such an uptick in people wanting to do that. I mean, I think I, I think the easy answer, right, is everyone slowed down. Right, they stopped commuting to the office. They realized, why do I really want to be working from eight to six, Monday to Friday? Is it worth it? Um, and then I think maybe people had a lot of time to just come up with some different interests, you know, spending a lot of time online learning um, and kind of just just thinking, what can I do to may- maybe make some lifestyle changes? Um, uh, and then and then maybe just all the the extra money that's been thrown out there that uh, I, I, th- I think savings rates are higher than they've been in a long time. Right. So people yeah. are uh, spending yeah. less and saving less. So maybe they're feeling a bit um, more confident to take yeah. a risk. What do you think? Maybe the stimulus was this giant uh, incubator program. Yes, the world's <laughs> greatest startup accelerator. Right. They they said let's just give everyone enough money so they could do nothing, come around with good ideas, and then start a business. Yes. Maybe that was the uh, unexpected consequences of that. I don't know exactly. But, and well, I saw today uh, that the Fed yeah. said we need to drop the word transitory from the in right. the word inflation. So we were, yeah. I guess you know, I guess maybe it's all catching up to us. We'll see. I don't know. Potentially. Don't get me started on economic <laughs> policy. We'll be here for another six hours. We'll, we'll get there. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so people are quitting their jobs. I would be interested. Um, you know, you're a, a founder and a CEO. You employ uh, well, well over a couple hundred people, right? Uh-huh. Um, have you seen that in your your um, to, to me, it feels like the good companies that that make work culture great for their employees. Um uh, maybe are seeing a bit of a different response to this than let's yeah. just say your typical your typical business. Yeah, look, you don't want to see churn, you know, in any part of your business. You don't want to see customer churn. You don't want to see product churn. You don't you don't want to see employee churn. 
uh, you spend a lot of money investing in getting new employees and and so creating a great culture in in a work environment is really important to keep your employees we we have managed to do that pretty well we still have we have competitors coming to you know take out mm-hmm. our best people and mm-hmm. sometimes you know they go and sometimes they stay yep. so um I, one of the things that that article struck out to me and just in entrepreneurialism in general okay it, 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 is everyone supposed to start a business right like there's one thing to be ticked off with your current life situation. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that where you may, through circumstances, a layoff, a stimulus check or whatever, you know, you got some idle time to think about, oh, maybe I should just do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to kind of listen to other people about what they're doing now. You can, they're consuming podcasts mm-hmm. and watching all these shows, Shark Tank, yep. you know, episodes, yep. right? It's like, like, wow, there's all these people starting their own company. Maybe that's what I should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, my first question is to to someone who's thinking that way is to ask themselves some actually really brutally honest questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not you are supposed to go out on your own and, you know, build a business mm-hmm. around some product or service, hopefully that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and, uh, and take this adventure. And, you know, by the rate of failures um, from, you know, the, small business mm-hmm. startups, um, you know, maybe they weren't supposed to, maybe they just learned a bunch of lessons and, you know, went back in as an employee, as a better employee, because they understood the pressure of what it's like to actually, you know, run a, run a business and right. get payroll and yep. all the rest. So, you know, it's, I actually, my personal gut feeling is uh, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then, you know, there's different levels of, of business. You know, a lot of these guys in this particular article, they just want to start a one-man show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I think it was. Right, essentially replace their salary yep. and work for themselves. Yeah, so of the 4.5 million new businesses started just in the first three quarters of the year, two-thirds of those were not expected to hire employees. So you're right. It, it is just, I guess the word today is solopreneur or freelancer or, yeah, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it's... And look, there's all these platforms now, right, where you can actually go on there. Here's my skill. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be a freelance artist. I can mm-hmm. – here's my skill set. Mm-hmm. I used to do this for a corporation. Now there's communities where I can go and, you know, elevate my my skill set. People right. pay me for that. Right. And I can go and replace my salary. That's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. I think. And and that's, that's a noble, great first step in business, working for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. think about – when I grew up, you know, it was all about a trade. You know, if yep. you weren't going into university or you going to banking or business or law or whatever, you, you know, you became a tradesman and you mm-hmm. went and did a project, you became a plumber under another plumber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point you were going to go out on your own and buy a truck and fill it up with tools and put up a sign and <laughs> get calls to go fix toilets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, I had a lot of friends that did that and they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can build a, a great business around you. At some point, you you want to. There's not many businesses that you are in where you're not going to be confronted at some point fairly early, mm-hmm. and you're going to be asking yourself this question: How can I scale this right. so I can grow this business? Mm-hmm. So you branch out on your own, like selling your widgets or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing, and mm-hmm. you make 150 grand a year, mm-hmm. and you're like, "This is a pretty sweet lifestyle." 
man, if I got one other guy mm-hmm. to do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I paid him a hundred and I kept the fifty, yep. or I paid him fifty and kept the hundred, now I'm gone from one fifty to two fifty. Right. And then you think, man, could I do that ten times? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um that's that's a question that you're gonna get confronted with either from someone or just from yourself looking mm-hmm. at as you've grown that first you know business that can do the basic services of the product mm-hmm. and and exchange money from customers so you can keep running this business is can you grow it and those those are good questions too to right. be asking yourself down well, the track. and that was going to be my question is it's almost like if someone says okay i'm going to jump and i'm going to i'm going to leave my job i'm going to start a business is it right. um is it worth them kind of at the onset saying this is at least what i want the first step of this to look like i just want to be able to build a business that i can do on my own from home um, yep. Or this is a thing that like, like some people just have this innate desire to build something big. I think sure. I, I, anecdotally, I would probably say the most successful people I've been around carry a real burden to employ other people. Right. Yep. So it's, it's not just about them creating something for themselves. They really do. Yep. Um, how does that play into how you've built your business? It seems like you really do carry not just a burden, but a passion to um, em- employ others, yeah, like look- create opportunity for other people. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I was always going to try and do something big. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just wanted it. I just the way I'm built. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of getting that to that that point of okay, uh, I'm this. You know, I, there's some qu- there's some things you got to get lined up before you start, right? Mm-hmm. And the big dreamers, of which you know, that's a good thing to dream big, think big. Um, what capital do you need to start this business? Mm-hmm. Do you have it saved up? Mm-hmm. Are you going to take other people's money mm-hmm. to help you mm-hmm. in this first couple of, you know, two, mm-hmm. three years to mm-hmm. get going? Um, are you going to bootstrap this thing, which basically means you're just going to work three jobs and one of them is going to be your company. The other two are going to pay the rent, put food on the table, mm-hmm. look after your family. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to trundle along here until you get some kind of, you know, traction and mm-hmm. some momentum. Um, there's, you know, how are you going to begin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having the capital worked out, you know, like great kind of quote from Elon Musk. He, he literally rented an office where him and his brother stayed, but they didn't rent an apartment. They just slept in the office. Mm-hmm. And they right. Engineered like 18 hours a day yep. and they just stayed there and then they saved that money. Mm-hmm. Like, is that what you're prepared to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, getting off the ground, you've got to answer the capital question very quickly. Where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from your savings. Mm-hmm. Is it going to come from friends and family? There's a lot of great businesses that started in this seed stage mm-hmm. where people, you came with an idea or product, maybe you had a track record and, you know, five people put in 50 grand mm-hmm. and that's, that's cool. Early stage mm-hmm. angel seed investing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you usually have to have some kind of product and product market fit and maybe a minimum viable product to, mm-hmm. you know, convince people to give you that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you might spend a couple of years before that getting to that point, mm-hmm. just bootstrapping it yourself. But the, the, the first kind of main thing you've got to do is apart from thinking about what it is you're going to sell mm-hmm. or serve people with, mm-hmm. um, is how, how you're going to fund the early stage of the development right. of that thing. And then once you've proven that, then the, the scale opportunities can can come pretty quick from there. Mm-hmm. Is there a point where, and again, this this may be different for different people and different businesses and different situations, but I, I'm assuming there's a point where you say, okay, my time investment, I've I've done the three jobs, I've done the side hustle, I've I've got up early, I've gone to bed late, which I've done um, 
in various different times in life, <laughs> succeeding yeah. and failing and, and all of the things in yeah. between. But is there that point where maybe you hit a certain part of momentum, you know, like a certain momentum or things yeah. are starting to move where you say, okay, it's now time to kind of make this switch and fully yeah. go after this thing. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So the first point is when you have enough money to pay either you full time or someone else. Mm -hmm. And I say someone else, because sometimes you might stay working the two extra jobs and bring another person on. Right. Right. You mm -hmm. might, and it depends on what your strength is, right? If you're an engineer and you're building, you might stay working as an engineer and keep working on the product and bring someone on who's good at sales. So I want to, uh, that, that's interesting. I want to like ask about that because I think that even that way of thinking, right? So like mm -hmm. you said, we live in this world now where it's like, oh, I want to start my business. I want to be free. I want to work on my own terms. And this idea of like starting <laughs> a business is glamorous. And, yeah. but what you just said is, um, no, I'm actually, there may be a point where I still actually have to do the crap work that I've been like trying to get free from. Yeah. Um, yeah. to hire somebody else in order to in order to push the business forward. That's to me, that's just such a a different way of thinking than I think a lot of people approach. I want to be an entrepreneur because I want freedom. And what you're saying is sometimes it it actually means less freedom. In fact, all the time it means less freedom. Yeah. 100%. Yep. You're not starting a business to not work more. Right. <laughs> right. Like if you're gonna do some multi-level marketing thing, yep. sure. Yeah. But those don't work. Yeah. Like you're starting a business because you're passionate about something. Mm -hmm. You have some skills around that passion and you are not afraid of hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not only that, that is at, at a very minimum, you've got to have that mindset to, to even think about being successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once you're on the road, it's always different than when you were at the starting line, mm -hmm. because once you're in the business now, there's all these things that you didn't know about and um, you're adapting all day, every day. And, and so, yeah, you, you're going to make decisions. Am I going to um, keep my side hustle going and employ some skill sets that I don't have that are going to accelerate the product, mm -hmm. accelerate the business, um, help me hit my goals of you know, my revenue goals faster mm -hmm. if I do this? Mm -hmm. And um, and, and that, that's often the case. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, early in in, um, in Tidely, we employed a couple of people to help with sales. Um because like, you know, and my CEO now, he kept his full-time job. He was doing like marketing and building new, what you know, sales funnel and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. So yeah, we, we weren't taking much out in the early days. Right, right. And then there's, a, then there's a point where it's the business needs you to be 60 hours a week mm -hmm. because you are the driving force. You know how to get the sale. You know how to build the next widget, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, and. And so then you go and, and you say, okay, now I'm going to, you know, this is where my W2 is coming from. And I'm an employee of this Ac Acme Inc. company. Mm -hmm. And that, that's an awesome day. Right. That's a really good moment. It might take you a year, it might take you 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you can get it to the point where uh, this thing is now, you know, in, in consistently producing revenue to employ you and a handful of others, mm -hmm. um, and you're in an industry where you see lots of, greenfield opportunity mm -hmm. man that is a great spot to be yeah yeah that's great i um i want to jump into this next part and i think it's a good way to, to kind of a good time to transition because i do think you know like you said we're talking to people who have maybe just started businesses who are wanting yeah. to start a business people who may be doing ministry during the day and have a side hustle at night all kind of all yeah. 
everything in between. Um, and so I, I just read this while well, I'm reading this book. Um, now it's, it's, we'll put the note that we'll put it in the show notes, but it's called the embedded entrepreneur. Um, I'm only about 150 pages in. So, you know, so far so good. It's a very just practical guide, but, um, yep. it's written by this guy, Arvid, who, um, kind of has a few different micro SaaS businesses he sold. So it says here, he built his, built his first SaaS business by himself to 55 grand a month, reoccurring revenue. Um, and then sold it after two years. So the guys had, you know, he's essentially telling his story. Um, but the idea here is um, essentially for people who are wanting to start a business, who are uh, in the process of starting a business. Um, he essentially basically uh, looks at two different ways to do it. And he actually has his thesis as to what's better. But I wanted to kind of talk through this, hear your thoughts, and then maybe even break yeah. down some um, examples. And again, it's really ultra practical, but he basically makes this case that an, uh, thinking about a business audience first uh, instead of product first is um, the best way to go about starting a business. And when he, when we mean audience, he doesn't mean like necessarily a following, like building an audience on social media. Yeah. He means basically, yeah. Anyone that's interested in you, your business or your product. So yeah. um, essentially the core principle of this audience, audience driven approach is that you essentially delay defining the idea and your product until after you've chosen and explored an audience for your business. Um, you know, he essentially says you can't know your future customers. You can't know what they need without understanding them first. So, um, and, and he kind of yeah. makes this case. So this is the most important thing that you can right. do. I, I never defined it in that, those kind of terms. And when I, when I did read that and think it through, um, you know, I, the old adage, and it's like one of these Carnegie or someone said, it's an old saying, mm -hmm. it's find the need and fill it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's that's your starting point. Mm -hmm. What's the need? Mm -hmm. Which in, it, this is a customer-centric kind of viewpoint mm -hmm. that he's also saying. Mm -hmm. What is the customer? I wouldn't use the word audience. It just throws me off a little Same. bit. Yeah. When I hear right. audience, I think my Twitter I'm following. or for someone. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I you know, is, is it customer centric, let's call it customer centric versus, you know, product centric, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that, those are the two easiest ways for, me, for right. me to think of those two kinds of ways to start business. And you can do both and both have been done very successfully. Mm -hmm. um, so the customer centric one is here's a group of people that do X and that have th this need, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They, um, uh, let's, let's think of a good one. Um, Jack Dorsey just stepped down from Twitter, mm -hmm. but his other company, Square, is worth you know three times as much, mm -hmm. and it solved a problem for independent merchant retailers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that problem was um, being able to accept credit cards at a point of sale, mm -hmm. inexpensively and really easy. Mm -hmm. I remember when this company started ten years ago. I ordered the the Square. Yep, and it was I remember it. Yep. Start stuck mm -hmm, it in. I, mm -hmm. I wasn't really starting a business with it. I just was fascinated yep, by it. Yep. It was free. Yep. So I ordered that, got the software, mm -hmm. swapped the payment. Mm -hmm. And that was somewhat influential in the early days of me starting Timely mm. because there were things I could start. I was starting to see the power of payments inside of mobile mm. devices. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, so there's a, there's a group of people mm -hmm. that had a problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that they ran a yoga studio yep. or they had a small cafe. And it cost them a fortune to go get a merchant services right. account through Wells Fargo right. 
or Bank of America mm -hmm. and the equipment yep, and the, the fees. bulky equipment. Yeah. All but the thing. Yep. And I had to plug it in mm -hmm. and there was wires and mm -hmm. then I had to get it online. I don't know what the statement means when I get it at the end of every month. And I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. So then he goes and I remember that they took him a long time to come out with the product because he was kind of famous to Twitter, but then he, like people were like, when's this thing coming? Mm -hmm. and, and it took a while. He says, like, in the, I remember he said, he's like, it's really hard to build a point of sale. Right. <laughs> Just give me, give me a moment. Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. and, and anyway, so I, did he um, think about the need? Probably first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in the back of mind, he knew how he was going to solve it. Mm -hmm. He was going to solve it with some technology mm -hmm. that, that removed all this friction that was the old way. Right. And he just sent you a little plastic thing that you plugged into your phone. Right. Right. So, right. So I don't know if he sat around one night and was looking at his phone thinking, man, how do I make payments? Right. You work on the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you think about that. Was he walking into every coffee shop and liquor store and, and yoga right. studio going, Oh, these, these point of sales are ugly. This just, this right. is, I, was he thinking that? I don't know. I, I think he was probably thinking more. Yeah. Here's his, his my thing. Mm -hmm. They both come at the same time. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. what happens is, like, because you need both for something to work. Mm -hmm. You need both this problem that has to be solved and the product mm -hmm. or service that solves the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think they just, that's the explosion of entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. When those two things come together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you see the need mm -hmm. and see a way to fix that need, mm -hmm. and that that's like the organic reaction explosion that you're looking for, yeah. And that's that's what starts yep. most businesses. Yeah, those two things happen. He um, yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that because he he says something. He like transitions into this product first approach, and it's it's funny because he said something that um, in the successful entrepreneurs that I've been around it, it actually when I read it it made me laugh because of how true I found it to be in both sides but he essentially talks about this product first approach basically coming up with a good idea and assuming you'll be able to figure out who the, who you can sell it to at some point he calls it the entrepreneurial curse right founders assume yeah. too much we assume we know the market we know our audience and what they need right. and what's funny is I've found that uh, the most successful business builders I've ever been around are so confident and sometimes even so in their own world that yeah. this is the idea. It's going to be an idea. Everybody wants this because I want it. And if I want it, that means they want it. Um, and it either completely works or it completely doesn't. I remember I was working at a, uh, helping a, a couple of guys launch a consumer products company and they were both, it, it was like, they knew that the people wanted the product. They knew the kind of person that wanted the product, but they were they were of this certain level of wealth that when they priced the product, they just decided, well, this is what I would pay for it. So everyone else is going to pay for it and no one else, no one else wanted <laughs> to pay for it. Right. right. Um, no. And immediately had to, I think, cut the price of the product in half just to even get anybody interested in wanting wanting to right. buy it. But there's that kind of like I use the word hard headed and stubborn in a good way where an entrepreneur yeah. sees an idea. Yeah. They know yeah. that it's going to work. And then they kind of just like just bulldoze people into saying this is why they need it. Um, right. But sometimes it's like you got to do that a few times before before you're right. And so that's do you think founders do sometimes assume too much? Like, has that happened to you oh, where you've like, I know people absolutely. want this, and then you've had some conversations with customers and gone, wow, I was totally, totally wrong. And, and that's called not defining product market fit. Mm -hmm. okay? I have an idea for a product that I think is going to work at this point. 
price point. Mm-hmm. I go and produce the product, mm-hmm. spend all this money, whether it be hardware or software mm-hmm. or whatever service, then I go and come to the marketplace and it's not fitting. Right. Like the product does not fit in the market that I think it is, mm-hmm. whether it's price, uh, it, it could be um, um, it's not built well enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the thing's a piece of junk. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe service. maybe a problem that we thought people needed solved that right. don't or whatever. Yeah. So the journey to, on the on the product side is a much more difficult one. Mm-hmm. If you just got to go down this because you're investing so much more capital in in and time and uh, in the actual hardware, if you're trying to do some something in hardware, very difficult. And, you know, you don't know until you get it in the wild and you might build 50 of these things and people look at you funny and, mm-hmm. and I'm not paying 300 bucks for that right. thing. Right. And <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Whereas um, a software is much easier than hardware because it's a, it's a cheaper entry point to building mm-hmm. products and mm-hmm. get to product market fit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, be that as it may, I think that the magic of it is where you see the need and, you know, sometime concurrently, fairly quickly, you feel, you see how you can fix that need. Mm-hmm. And then you just get amongst it and start getting people touching, feeling, using your product service, mm-hmm. app, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and get as quick as feedback as you can mm-hmm. to, uh, to be able to think, man, this, this is a dud or this is something that I could side hustle and earn 10 grand a year on. Right. Or, man, I could sell. X amount of these and replace my wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you say that you're um, obviously from starting the company with just you and a couple other people um, to now, how would you say connected you were to your customers at the beginning versus now? Is it something that you as the CEO are still very involved in? Yeah, um, we work harder now than ever. Mm-hmm. So we have customer uh, boards that we, people who love our products and when we're developing new products, we, we get them in on early, you know, mm-hmm. uh, meetings on what we're thinking about building, how we're thinking about building, what we intend for this product to do. Um, we recently built a new pledge tool that are basically a pledge campaign is a age old thing mm-hmm. that churches do and mm-hmm. nonprofits do. And uh, then we had we had a we had a group that they were raising three four million dollars, and they're a big customer of ours, and and they said, look, and our pledge tool at the time was pretty crappy, and. Mm-hmm. And we just said to them, we're going to build this from the ground up. Will you come along for the ride? Mm. And literally every week they were in meetings with our, our design team, cool. our production team, our engineering team, right through to launch. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most successful launches we'd ever done. Cool. So, yeah, ne- never stop talking to your customers. Mm-hmm. And you're just and giving them full access to say what's great, yeah. what's awful, what's working. Oh, and my just- gosh. That, it is. We want that, mm-hmm. right? You want your customers. um, you know, there's all kinds of customer feedback that mm-hmm. um, there's a, a thing in, 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 especially in tech, this thing called the Net Promoter Score. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called NPS. And essentially, it's it's a rating system of how people enjoy the experience of using your product or talking to your customer support people. Or, and, you know, getting a rating like above 50 is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Samsung is like six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apple is, you know, 85. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, look, look it up. Um, we're, we're pretty much in the 55 to 60 range. Mm-hmm. So we're real happy with that. Mm-hmm. But, but those, are, if your customers and as you kind of get scale and it, it's, it's, you rely on these kind of metrics. Um, but if your customers are saying, telling you things about what you're building and you're not listening mm-hmm. to them, um, that's that's big trouble. Yeah. So yeah, we on so many levels we we get feedback from our customers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, to put you on the spot, I guess, kind of as we like wrap up, when it comes to some of this stuff, when you think about, because obviously you have a business that you run, but I know you well enough to know that there's always ideas happening. There's always new little mm-hmm. things happening and stuff that you're testing. Um, I guess maybe just give us a window into what that thought process looks like. I mean, is that something that you are just always thinking about? Is it, and then how do you test that yourself? Is there kind of a framework that you use? Is it simply like, I got this idea, let me throw it out to a few people. What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's a kind of a curse. Sometimes (laughs) to be honest, so the ideas um, I've had, let's put it this way, you know, of the many I've had, most have failed. Um, Here's what I've learned though in the last, probably five years, if you have a success and you want to do something else, do it within the same sphere of Mm -hmm. what that success was. Mm -hmm. So build on your success. Mm -hmm. And if you get really good at one thing, just move one degree next to it Mm -hmm. and get really good at something that's similar Mm -hmm. that maybe serves a different market or, you know, whatever, and try and stay in this field of you know your field of dreams that you're really good at functioning in Mm -hmm. um you know if you're doing this software thing and think oh man i'm gonna go build real estate apartments and i'm gonna get into that business and then over here i'm gonna go and you know get into like private jet you know Mm -hmm. movers and vertical taxis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like yeah none of those has anything to do with anything yep yep um right there's there's some rare people that you, you look at the really successful big companies you know obviously apple with salt, with hardware first, mm-hmm. and then you know Windows DOS at the time, and Windows was so dominant, and but they just plugged away at their software, mm-hmm. and you know they they just stayed within, and then they made some mistakes, and just build on your successes. So mm-hmm. unless you're going to sell a business and walk away from it and do something totally fresh totally. and brand new, yep. which that happens too, mm-hmm. um, just build around the success of what you have and try and play in similar markets mm-hmm. with similar products mm-hmm. that could be attached to that business or it could be another standalone, but it's within arm's reach of what you're really good at or really known for. Mm-hmm. I think you have a better kind of success rate yeah. if you're doing that rather than just blasting off into some other the newest, orbit and yeah. trying something new. Yeah. Well, and I guess there's that difference between being curious about something and wanting to learn about it and then just being real enough with yourself to know like, uh, this is not a this is not something yep. I need to start a business in. It's cool right. to yeah. 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 Um cool. Well, this was great. Um I uh hope it was helpful and I know it was helpful for me, so I'm hoping it's helpful for everybody else and um yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about what we're going to continue to talk about and some of the amazing guests we're going to have on. And um yeah, make sure and subscribe, uh like, you can follow us on Instagram. We are Kings and the Kings and Priests podcast on Instagram. And um, we will continue to be back with you every single week talking about all things business, entrepreneurship, and why it's important to build the kingdom of God and think about these kind of things when it comes to building the kingdom of God. So we will see you right back here next week. Talk to you soon. 